welcome to another edition of the Unicorns Podcast. This is a podcast series featuring business leaders, motivators, innovators, and general go-getters. Well, no matter where you look in the media, one topic that's always in the news is childcare. It'd have to be one of the top 10 of all hot button issues at both a federal level, but also a state government level too. There are a few listed childcare players on the ASX, including G8 Education and Mayfield Childcare. One man with his finger on the pulse of what's happening in childcare is Chang Lim, the CEO of the Australian Childcare Alliance, New South Wales. Chang Lim, welcome to the program. G'day, thank you very much for having me. Okay, so you are the CEO of the New South Wales branch of the Australian Child Care Alliance. Tell me about the organisation. Well, we're one of the oldest, if not the oldest, uh, pig body in the uh, industry sector for the early childhood education and care uh, space um, in Australia and New South Wales. Um, we've been around for oh, 40 plus years. Um, uh, in, in under different names, but our, our modern name is the Australian Childcare Alliance New South Wales. Um, mm-hmm. Pretty much every Australian state has one of us, uh, and we come together to uh, uh, try and harmonise and uh, uh, advocate for national uh, issues and, and consistencies and outcomes as a, as a result as well. And we, in, you know, we, as as, peak, as as state-based peak bodies, we also uh, support each other. Um, what one state does, we try and support the other states because uh, yes. we're in each other's interests to make sure that um, we get the best outcomes for every child in every state. Are there big differences, Chang, from state to state to how childcare is run and operated? Yes, um, and I'll give you one example. Um, despite the fact that we live in one country and, 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 and the system is supposed to be called the National Quality Framework, so it's, it implies national consistency, but in actual fact, it's far from it. Um, mm. And I'll give you one glaring uh, difference. So in New South Wales, um, early childhood um, from a sector perspective spans from the age of zero birth uh, all the way to uh, five years old, even six sometimes, six-year-olds. Whereas in okay. WA, in Western Australia, it only spans from zero to three because at four and five-year-olds, the four and five-year-olds are at school. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And it's been like that for 30-something years. I was just having a good chat with the, uh, with, with the, with the WA president there. And so... Uh, there are there are market anomalies across the entire uh, country, um, which baffles uh, people. Uh, just baffles. But anyway, we get we, we try to we try to make it work. So, how did you get involved in in this, Cheng? What what is your professional background? How did you end up running the Child Care Alliance for New South Wales? So, this is my fourth industry association that I've had the. Uh, honor of um, running. Uh, my last uh, appointment, uh, I was uh, pulled into a very interesting and special project um, dealing with in, in, the, in the FMCG market, so the fast moving consumer goods, mm-hmm. market, um, uh, trying to solve a unintended consequence of plain packaging of tobacco. Um, 
<laughs> and, and one of the unintended consequences of impl- uh, be- Australia being the first country in the world to have introduced it, one of the unintended consequences of, uh, of plain packaging was the rise uh, of uh, crime syndicates uh, smuggling in the equally uh, plain packaged products uh, in Australia, into Australia in, in, the, in some of the poorest uh, borders of Australia. Uh, yeah. and um, uh, selling these products and therefore the money being siphoned into uh, terrorism, uh, actually, uh, domestic and international terrorism. Um, and the- this interview has taken a turn I was not expecting, <laughs> Chang. <laughs> so so, so the, uh, the retailers uh, approached me and said, look, you know, we can't get the government to assist. And so I said, look, you know, happy to help. And uh, the federal government eventually um, uh, uh, played a big role in trying to fix this problem because what they forgot about this was they were losing excise tax dollars. Yes. Yes. Billions of excise tax dollars. And oh, my goodness, that cannot happen. They suddenly became very interested, uh, and 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 they they therefore uh, uh, marshaled the treasury, uh, uh, border uh, border protection, um, the coast guard, the uh, uh, yes, Australia has a coast guard, uh, yes. the uh, military, the Australian federal police. Um, let's just say that it is somewhat better, <laughs> but. Um, uh, Plain illegal plain package of tobacco still exists, and as consumers, we don't we don't know the difference because they're all plain packaged. We don't know which one is yeah. which, yeah. and um, and retailers don't know which one is which. Um, but uh, the ones that are properly uh, plain packaged are those that pay excise taxes, uh, billions of it, and um, those that don't, well, they fund other nefarious activities. Mm. And so, how long have you been in the role now? Your current role. Um, I'm about to clock six years in uh, next month, uh, mm. so it's been a it, it's been an interesting journey. So once I fix, well, I, I think I fixed um, the uh, well, I helped fix. I, I kind of lay full claim uh, in with the plain package tobacco. I was looking for a new uh, new uh, ch- uh, challenge. Challenge, yes. Uh, um, I just had my first child back then, and uh, and, I, and and this opportunity came uh came past me nothing you know um affordable childcare is one of the western world's uh, uh most elusive problem uh, solutions uh, mm. and i thought I'll, I'll have a crack at that because i have you know back then a one-year-old um mm. and uh, soon to be more and um I want to have a crack at trying to fix this and six years on i can tell you i know more about why uh, Western world's uh, uh, childcare affordability, affordability is uh, is quite elusive, and I know now why. Well, well, let's let's get into that because I did mention in my introduction that the, the childcare is a hot button issue, and it's a sector and industry where everyone has a strong opinion. So, is that is that a is that a challenging part of the role for you trying to sort out the many many issues? Very, 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 very difficult. Um, the actual, in, in, in actual fact, the solution is very simple, but it takes massive political courage to admit that 
the whole the past is not quite as what it should be, and uh, the and politicians are prepared to uh, chart a new course, admitting effectively that you know they got it wrong and and they need to fix mm-hmm. it. Now, politicians in the Western world don't like to admit that they are wrong. Um, so in order to, <laughs> so and, 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 me laugh. and can I say I had many political friends on all sides of the all, all sides of the aisle, and I love them to death. The real friends that I have uh, uh, in, in in the political spectrum. Yes, let's face it. Uh, it take uh, politicians uh, with with uh, great political courage are few and far between, uh, mm. and. Uh, so the solution that politicians tend to use, and the only solution they tend to use, is to throw more taxpayer money at it. Now, now don't get me wrong. Um, uh, the industry sector benefits greatly from uh, the generosities of the taxpayer. Yes. Um, uh, no live human being would say otherwise. Uh, But the issue is it doesn't really solve the problem. Um, It actually requires a root and branch um, uh, change to try and rethink how we do it. Um, And and these days, we we tend to try and push away the term childcare, and we're trying to embrace a much more holistic view of what it's called early childhood education. And, mm-hmm. and so it is a recognition that what we want to do is we want to graduate from um, childcare as being, you know, looking at the, the, just the, the care component, which is important. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. It is important. The care component um, uh, is the number one reason why we can uh, try and achieve workplace participation for uh, uh, millions of, 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 of working parents across the country and billions around the world. Um, but the care part is, if we look at it purely in that one dimension, it we fail to see the opportunities of greater um, social and economic dividend uh, through the children if we educate our children better in the formative years. Uh, there are a lot of um, uh, evidence, uh, uh, not in Australia, I hate to say, uh, but in, in, in the rest of the world, um, uh, how they do it and how uh, socially and economically they benefit from it um, by that kind of early investment in early childhood education. I was, I was, I was going to ask that. So what, what is some of that evidence or research telling us about the benefits or otherwise of keeping kids in quote unquote child care longer starting them earlier what 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 is the evidence telling us so it's not quite about the the length of time that the children are actually necessarily in child care okay it's actually yeah. how it's actually how the uh, the educational programming that is then uh, implemented uh, and, and interacted with these children uh, at these formative age that then pays dividends in school. So in particularly the Scandinavian countries where um, the philosophies, the, these philosophies came from originally, our, our, the Australian system is 
is largely inspired by the Scandinavian countries. Mm. It is true that uh, uh, the appropriate educational programming uh, that you provide in early childhood will pay dividends uh, in, in primary school and secondary school and so forth, right? Um, and, and, and so if you look at how the educational continuum uh, is done in the Scandinavian countries, you can then see a direct relationship between uh, the investment they do in early childhood and, and the dividends they, they achieve uh, in primary and secondary schools in the Scandinavian countries. It, it, right. a very clear link. Um, the, 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 the problem in Australia is, in Australia, for some reason, it hasn't translated. It hasn't translated because, partly because um, the uh, the systems that we have in place to determine what are the rigors, what are the imp- uh, what are the rigors of early childhood in Australia, uh, and then how it then is then um, connected to primary school at the very least. Um, sadly, in Australia, it's silo based. So. Early childhood. Is, yeah. What do you, What do you mean by that? So early childhood is done in one silo, and then kindergarten to year six, for example, is done in another silo. Yes. The two, the two unfortunately, are not connected. So when you're not connecting the two, the benefits, the investment that you make, that that, that society or the Australian society has made in early childhood is potentially lost in kindergarten to to year six. Right. So, so there is no, there is for for the last ten years now, um, and, and and yours truly has been the largest critic of this. For the last ten years, there's been no connectivity, none, no formalized connectivity between the two. They they sit side by side. Now, mm. thankfully, thankfully, the last federal government coalition government in its uh, in its last budget, actually the last second last budget, sorry. Uh, made an announcement and said, no more. No more of this silo base. Uh, yes. You must now connect the two. You must. Um, and so thankfully now we're seeing uh, activities uh, at a state level to try and ensure that the two are now connected. But that's, that's you know, that's 10 years down the track. Mm. Uh, so, we- so, so, Cheng, how does, let me put this the right way, how are we doing in Australia in this industry relative, you've already mentioned Scandinavia, relative to other Western parts of the world? How are we faring? We're not doing well. If you, if you think of the uh, investments, in, let's assume, all right, let's, let's assume uh, for a second that we're doing the early childhood education part amazingly well. Okay, let's just yes. assume that for a second. The problem is when it comes to um, kindergarten to year, th- year six, our PISA score, so there's an international um, uh, scoring system uh, that ranks uh, children's outcomes globally. And Australia's ranking is slipping every single right. time. Every single time. And so um, if assuming we're doing it well, in early childhood, then why are, why is it not translating in school? Okay, and that's a and that's a massive question now that uh, more and more and more people are now asking the question. Not just mm. me anymore; it's more yes. people now asking. And now more. Are asking. there any answers? 
Uh, there are a number of answers. I and, and don't get me wrong. I'm not an education expert. I, I don't yes. pretend to be. I'm not schooled at that. Um, uh, but I I I am smart enough to know how to ask the right questions. Mm. Uh, and at the moment, uh, our educational uh, policymakers uh, and regulators cannot answer the question. They can't. Now they're trying to fix it. Now, so better late than never. Um, and and so hopefully in in the coming years, um, in the next five years, we will see a turnaround. Um, the start will be about what the Commonwealth has insisted upon, and that is what is called preschool outcomes measures. Now that will be implemented by the year twenty twenty four. So we're very much looking forward to what are these preschool outcomes in the first place? How, what are they? What are what are the definitions? We've had, we've we've had our own ideas. But the, mm. but the Australian uh, National uh, Expert Panel uh, apparently has written their, pro- their paper already, and it's with the regulators, with all the governments, uh, state and federal. They are talking about it. We, in the, on the industry side, haven't seen it, uh, but we're looking forward to seeing it because it has to be released this year, uh, but it has to be implemented by 2024. That's the first start. That's a yeah. great first start, and it's high time. So if, if, you, if you were, Chang, to look at the early childhood education sector, what would you say are some of the biggest challenges in the industry that, you, that, that everyone is, is trying to solve? Well, at the moment, the crisis, um, the number one, number two, number three crisis is uh, labor shortage, labor shortage, labor shortage. In, right. and, and, and in New South Wales, is even more so because in New South Wales, we are the uh, standout Australian state that has higher uh, staffing requirements than any other Australian state. Yes. Now, I'm, I'm curious to know more about this. These are the ratios, right? Correct. Correct. Yeah. Let's get into the detail on that because... When you try to understand the difference between states and territories, to me, it makes no sense, the difference in ratios. Yes, correct. And, and so, um, so I'll give you an example. So uh, an 80-place um, uh, early childhood education center, right, long daycare center. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in New South Wales, you must have four, four degree-qualified early childhood teachers, right? The rest of the rest of Australia, all all other Australian states, one actually zero, actually technically zero point six, and the mm-hmm. second zero point six full time equivalent can be of another compatible degree. Yeah. Mm. Um, now that's one point two. So you 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 you're, you're comparing one point two versus four in New South Wales, mm. right? Mm. Now let let's just say, and I and I pose this to a certain. Um, politicians in New South Wales, and I said, well, we've had this, sadly, forever, basically. Uh, when the new rules came in, they just continued this rule, and then, you know, uh, and I said, well, is it because New South Wales children produce, because of these extra people, uh, <laughs> is it because... Producing outsta- more outstanding results. More outstanding, more outstanding outcomes, and if so... Where are they? Where where are these outcomes, right? Or is it because New South Wales children are so disadvantaged 
I use I use uh, blunter language, but I'll use I'll use the word disadvantaged in, in this podcast. Uh, are, are more disadvantaged, and therefore we need the extra help. Which is it? Which is it? Right. <laughs> I'd love to. I'd love to know the answers. Oh my goodness! And 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 it took them two years to answer the question, and and the, uh, and I already knew the answer. The, the two question. The, the answer was back then uh, in in prehistoric times. Uh, um, the, <laughs> The uh, uh, we had four degree qualified teachers, and then and that it's actually true. But when the national framework came into play, what the then government didn't do was harmonize it between the two, right? Between the new system and the old system, so they just layered it one over the other. Now, right? Look, yeah. Let, let's just look. I I I hate to say I hate to say no. I I, I will. It will not be in my personal lifetime when I will see political courage uh, to to reduce the level of number of teachers. And by the way, you know I love teachers, and so uh, we don't want to take uh, teaching jobs away. Right? That's not it. Okay. Yeah. If we're stuck with let's say four degree qualified teachers, surely we owe it to our children to then leverage leverage that firepower. For the benefit of the children, okay. Mm. So if we're gonna do that, if we're gonna if we're gonna be stuck with, uh, uh, say, four degree qualified teachers, then first, like, then firstly, the New South Wales government has to uh, provide appropriate co- uh, compensation or offset so that we are not, um, uh, from a cost perspective, disadvantaged compared to other states. That's one, and two. Uh, we need to figure out a way to leverage the firepower of these four-degree qualified teachers and then leapfrog every other Australian state uh, in the country uh, in terms of educational outcomes uh, and, 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 and children's outcomes for that matter, and also then uh, and then outpace the rest of the world. Uh, mm. Surely we, de- we deserve that for our children. Well, I want to talk about overcrowding now because you're often here, Chang, about overcrowding is that is that your experience on the ground no um uh, it has been for a long time now that uh, and, and the federal government collects this these statistics that the, the, the attendance rates uh every friday every friday mm. they, they the commonwealth collects the data right of attendance okay rate. Yes. Uh, the, the irony is that the, the commonwealth systems the software where the data goes in the data can't can't come out. <laughs> uh, that was that was the irony of it. So they have global statistics on a state level saying uh, what is the attendance rates. All right, uh, mm-hmm. do better. Mm-hmm. But anyway, that, that hopefully the new government will, will fix that. Um, but um, our uh, our information is saying that generally speaking, uh, at the moment, uh, services are experiencing between forty to seventy percent occupancy. Not one hundred percent. Yes, the seventy percent occupancy. Yes, there are some services, without a doubt, that are at one hundred percent, without a doubt. Yes, yeah. But and some I have got waiting lists. Some, but they are the exception to the rule. Um, uh, most are at forty to seventy, uh, and I think partly it's because um, uh, of COVID. Um, uh, Post COVID, there is still a reluctance of children going back to. Um, uh, to to early childhood education and care. What's that for the for fear of contact well, and contact, 
Cost, cost is also a factor. Cost that was my next question. Yeah. I'm, I'm very keen to know the costs involved because you often hear, oh, my God, it's so expensive. I might as well not even go to work. I should just stay at home. It's too expensive. You yeah. would have heard that a million times. Correct. And and, and, and to be honest, uh, uh, we need to come, as a nation, we need to come and start facing the fact of um, uh, tax reform as well uh, on this, uh, uh, where um, the experiences of working parents and the and the cost-benefit analysis that uh, parents have to make as to whether uh, uh, children go to early childhood education and care or not, uh, we need to have a different conversation on, on the tax front as well. Um, but in the meantime, um, the federal labor government has promised to increase um, subsidies uh, come 1st of July 2023. Um, and, but because of these challenges right now, uh, they are having an active conversation at the moment about probably bringing it forward to this financial year rather than next mm. year. Okay. Uh, so, so maybe there is some, uh, maybe there's some light in the uh, light at the end of the tunnel that's coming faster towards us, towards working parents, um, than not. Um, and, and, and quite frankly, also we shouldn't be just purely focusing on working parents as well. Children are children, whether they've got working parents or not. So there is also this um, uh, uh, social responsibility that we have on all children, regardless of the working status of their parents. Yes, of course. Well said. Yeah. Does it make sense, Chang? You mentioned before WA and the differences, um, in particular, say, to, to New South Wales. Does it make sense to try to standardise it nationally somehow to bring a uniform set of rules to each state and territory so it is um, on a level playing field? Or is that just going to be impossible? Well, while we live in a federated uh, country, uh, that w these differences between from state to state is, uh, is always going to happen. Um, yes. And funny enough, as a migrant, uh, I actually agree with uh, our forefathers, our, our Commonwealth forefathers, where the idea of federation wasn't necessarily about trying to care, trying to impose national consistency across the entire country uh, um, for everything. That, that wasn't it. In actual fact, there was a second dimension to uh, the establishment of our Commonwealth, and that is um, to, also in, to also encourage competition between the states and territories. So I am, yes, 80%, I guess, of early childhood education and care is somewhat consistent across the entire country. Uh, I'd say 20% are not, at the very least. But then again, um, competition between the states and territories is actually not necessarily a bad thing. I think that's a good thing. Um, mm. a state pride or territory pride that uh, superior outcomes of children uh, from their states and territories, I think may, may be one of the answers to how we can propel Australia forward rather than always constantly to have uh, national consistency because, you know, that, that's, that's really difficult. But competition mm. alone, I think, may be better. Okay, final question, Chang. You are the Prime Minister or, <laughs> the, premier, or, the, or, the, or, the, or the Premier 
for a for a day. What 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 do you do to to change to make things better or fairer or just less complicated? What's what's on your to do list? You, you you don't firstly you do not want me as prime minister. <laughs> uh, I don't think the state or country would be the same ever, uh, after that. <laughs> um, we're not ready for the Chang attack. <laughs> we're not ready for Chang to be premier or prime minister. But the, the, I think one of the things that we must do, um, and this this is so unlike any politician, is to actually admit where we got it wrong. Uh, if we do not learn from the mistakes of the past, we will never, ever uh, make the right decisions in the future. Mm. Um, and, I, and, and that's why I just can't see any politician doing that. It's just not inherently part of their DNA to do that. And, and, and you know, our society is not really that generous on politicians who admit their mistakes. Uh, yes, uh, it's not right. to pay dividends either. So we are, as a society, as a voting as a voting electorate, uh, we're not we are partly to be blamed as well. Uh, yes, but uh, I think under truly understanding where we got things wrong and then learning from it and and being dynamically flexible in trying to know how to then solve the problem. Collaboration in many other countries uh, around the world. The, the, the very tight collaboration between the actual coal face of the industry sector and on the other side, uh, government regulators uh, working together. And don't get me right, we do work together, but it's just not as close as I'd like it to be. Um, other countries do it better than, than us. Mm. Um, uh, so I think we can learn a lot from closer collaboration only if we are able to really understand and appreciate the, the, the mistakes that we've made. Well, Chang Lim, it's always great to catch up with you. Keep up the great work and the good fight that you're doing. We salute the work you're doing. All the best in the future and thanks for coming onto the program. Thank you, Justin. Appreciate it. And thank you everyone for listening to me.